Hey, everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Wednesdays with Watson podcast. What you're about to hear today is a speaking opportunity that I had at the First Baptist Church of Allentown for their Mother's Day banquet. It was important to me to be speaking to everyone in that room because I know traditionally Mother's Day can be painful, particularly for those of us who have lived through some trauma. So enjoy this recording of my Mother's Day banquet speech at the First Baptist Church in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And in full disclosure, if you can't tell in my voice, I'm a little bit nervous because this matters, because you guys matter. And so I've done the whole, you know, Amy mentioned that we've known each other since we were 20 and 21, so like four years. Um, but uh, but so I, I did the whole, I did the whole, which, which glasses are going to work for me today so I can see, just in case I forget. So some of you in this room can understand what I am talking about, but I am so grateful to be here. Those days at Camp Victory with Amy, who was spears at that time, uh, was a moment such as this. We have those in life, don't we? You guys had those, those moments in life where you just, somehow we both ended up in Samson, Alabama, which... It's not on the map anywhere, but um, but but Amy and I uh, became close friends, and I was in their wedding just a year later, and uh, they have threatened often to bring out the wedding pictures, and if they do that, I need you guys to back me up. Somebody message me on Facebook or grab my card back there because I've got paybacks for them if they do that, but I am so grateful for the First Baptist Church of Allentown. <sighs> I asked Becca to sing that song, not realizing that I was going to probably break down and cry over there because all of my life he has been faithful. I am grateful for the First Baptist Church of Allentown. I have many of you in this room and people who are related to you who do listen to my podcast. I love logging on on Thursday mornings and I see Allentown and I'm going to say this improperly, Cementown, Cementown, uh, all the places around here, all the way up to where Robbie and Morgan are. And so I'm grateful for that standpoint. But let me just say to you guys that over the course of two years when I started that podcast, over 17,000 people have heard the gospel message of Jesus Christ and how we can, how we can find such hope in a life that is traumatic. There's no way tonight that I can share my entire testimony with you, but to say that all of my life God has been faithful is a vast understatement. But that ministry and this ministry tonight started right here at the First Baptist Church of Allentown. And it all started with a question from Pastor Chuck, and that is the reason why you guys have a special place in my heart. Because... This feels like a full circle moment for me. Because a few years ago, I was here, some of you may remember, we were here, Pastor Chuck was speaking on 60 seconds of courage. And I was fresh out of about three years of a domestic violence marriage, of which I was in for 12 years. And he came and asked me to speak. And, and I, I had the opportunity to speak with Wedge, and some of you may have been there. But that day, Pastor Chuck asked me a simple question. And my answer was not so simple, and it actually shocked even me. 
One of my favorite passages of scripture includes that same question that Pastor Chuck asked me that day. We see this story play out in Genesis chapter 32. And this is the passage of scripture where after a full night, Jacob, who is uh, in, in, the, in, in Genesis chapter 32, Jacob was wrestling with the angel of the Lord. And after a full night of wrestling, and we can kind of let that read for a second, because how many of us have had dark nights of the soul and a full night of wrestling? But after a full night of wrestling with the angel of the Lord, Jacob demanded of God to bless him. And, and, and Jacob, as a matter of fact, some translation says, I will not let go until you bless me. And before God blessed him, God asked him a very important question. It was the same question that Pastor Chuck asked me that day. What is your name? God asked. Jacob said, my name is Jacob. And Jacob turned the question on God. He said, what is your name? So titles are important to us, right? So Jacob turned the answer on God, and God said, your name, your name is no longer Jacob. Your name is Israel because you have prevailed with both God and man. That, is, that, that, that passage of Scripture with Jacob wrestling with the angel of the Lord is beautiful for so many reasons. But as a human race, we have always been a fan of labels. Labels lead to expectations, and expectations can lead to disappointments, and maybe those labels are exactly what put Jacob in that wrestling match in the first place. You might be wondering, Amy, it's Mother's Day. Why are we talking about Jacob wrestling with the angel? Because Mother's Day can also ascribe labels to us. Like, he demanded a label. You want to know, what is your name, God? Labels are important to us, and Mother's Day can ascribe labels that are painful for some of us, frankly. Yet the title of mom is one of the most important labels you will ever wear. Maybe it's the perception of a mother that we need to reconsider. I wanna stand up here today and wish happy, happy Mother's Day to any of you who have filled in the past, who are filling, see it over here, nurturing the role of a child, regardless of your DNA. Because if you take care of a child, you have taken care of a child, you've stood in gaps for those with, like me without moms, you have one simple label to me. You are my heroes. I am so grateful for the women, and there are many who have stood in the gap for me. I'm looking out over this room and I'm seeing the age difference. And there are so many women who have 20 and 30 years on me, who have tied us to, stood in gaps for me, and it is for that reason that I am here today. And so for those of you who have taken care of a child, please know something, that you are truly the hands and feet of Jesus. Whether it is your biological child in your home, a kid in your church that just needs somebody to love them, that's, that was my story. I was in, the, in, in a bad part of Jacksonville, Florida, and somebody came and offered me candy and took me to church. And somebody in that church loved me and stood in a gap, and then somebody else stood in a gap, and then somebody else stood in a gap. And today, that is why I am here, proclaiming Jesus and Jesus alone, because somebody stood in a gap. For, they didn't share my DNA. And so, like I said, if you do that, you are a hero to me. You're a hero to me with the sleepless nights, which I'm sure we're experiencing over here. You're a hero to me if, you, if, you, if, if your children are a teenager. You're really a hero to all of us if that is the case. 
you're a hero to me if you understand the necessity and the need of nurturing a child. You're a hero to me if you, like me, um, are hurting today because you don't have a mom or because you lost a child, and we're gonna talk about that here in a few minutes. Like I said, labels and identifiers are so important to us, and for whatever reason, we insist on them, right? Um, some labels are painful, and today can be a dread. I gotta be honest with you guys, this might be the first Mother's Day in a long time where I literally wasn't in a dark room with a towel, with a blanket over my head, because this day has traditionally been painful for me. Because you see, today I stand in front of you not only as an adult survivor of any kind of childhood abuse as you can imagine, and abuse, uh, and neglect, and abandonment, I ended up in a children's home. I also had a child who called me mom, who is no longer on this planet. And when he died, hated his day because I go to church and I come to places like this and we want to celebrate moms. You guys are heroes to me. I think I, I said that, but, but there was never anything for those of us who, like me, I don't have a mom. And then the way the Lord told the story, I got to be a mom. And then that too was taken from me. And so what I am doing here today with you guys is not only Joel 2.25, which is the verses where the Bible says, I will restore all the years that the locusts have stolen. Welcome, guys, to those years. Welcome to this night. Welcome to the locusts, those years being restored. It is also something that my counselor says, his favorite saying about every time the Lord does a redemptive work in my traumatic life, he says, Amy, that shouldn't be able to happen. And I'm so happy that you guys have a front row seat to it. The truth is, every one of you are in a season that God has picked for you. None of us live, even though posted on Instagram, the perfect Instagram life. All of, all of us walked in this room today with a burden. Even if you're in a sweet season of life, something, something is a burden to you. But all of us have that same label. God marked us as his own. And that's what drove my answer to Pastor Chuck that day so many years ago. I immediately thought of Ecclesiastes 3 when I was invited to speak at an event celebrating a day that was and still painful for some of us. This beautiful piece of scripture walks through essentially the cycle of life. The Bible tells us that there is nothing new under the sun. I want to let that breathe for a second. Isn't that a little bit comforting right now? In our world, there is nothing new under the sun. In a group this size, there are no doubt beautiful stories of Christ-centered families, but there are painful stories. Those stories are carved in some of our faces. But this passage in Ecclesiastes speaks to us all on a day like today. It's easy right now for me to see the faithfulness of God in my life. That hasn't always been true, and it won't be true again. But when I doubt the faithfulness of God, I hope that I remember what God did for Jacob, and I hope that I remember this passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Because when Pastor Chuck and Amy asked me to speak at this, I was very concerned that we, I could not speak to everyone in the room, and I wanted to speak to everyone in the room. 
And so I'm going to share just a few of the familiar passages in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, along with a little bit of my story and what the Lord has laid on my heart. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there is a time to plant and a time to uproot. And as I was watching that video of the girl saying, everybody says I'm too young, I don't matter, everybody says I'm too young, and I'm looking around this room and, and, and I'm looking at, at, at my adopted nieces over there, Morgan and, and Becca, I, they are in this season of planting, right? How many of you guys remember when your eyes were wide open and you were entering this season where you were planting your life and you were trying to decide what you're going to do when you grow up. Some of you were getting married. Some of you were looking to get married. Maybe that's you in this room tonight. And you're in a season of planting. And you're tired. You're exhausted. There's not enough of anything, including time, money, resources, and all the things. Or maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum. And it's a time to uproot. And that, too, can be a painful time. And I want you to know that during both of those times, God is faithful when I think of that time that it was time for me to plant, about 12 years later, it was time for me to uproot again because I was constantly, frequently, a domestic violence survivor in my own home. But because I didn't have a family, I stayed. I did not uproot. The Bible tells us that there is a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. I wasn't sure whether I wanted to share that one or it was a time to tear down and a time to build. There are those of you in this room who have had to refrain from embracing at a time in your life because of this thing, this fancy term that we call tough love. And I had a time like that in my life. I mentioned my son, Kevin, who died about two and a half years ago. And there was a time when we had to refrain from embracing with him. There was a time when we had to tear down. There was a time when we had to say, you can't live in our house because he was addicted to drugs. And then there was that time about three years ago, I got the phone call when I heard that that finally won. And so there was a time for us to embrace him and there was a time for us to let go of him. And that was very difficult after he was gone forever because he was gone forever and we had to let go forever. Some of you in this room know what I'm talking about. The loss of a child is simply something that we are not wired for. It is one of the most unique pains that I've ever had in my life. And I can't imagine in a room like this that there aren't people in here who have lost children and maybe even lost children to a drug overdose. It's a special, special kind of pain. The Bible tells us that there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. You can guarantee that, that we've all had plenty of times of weeping. But maybe in this time, and you're in, and you're in the season of your life, you are in that time of weeping. I remember when that happened, when, when, when my son died. And I also could even go all the way back to when I was 14 years old, when my mom abandoned me for somebody who abused me. That was the time where it was a time to weep. And if I'm being honest with you guys, I wept for many, many years. There was a time in 2007 when I finally left that domestic violence marriage that I had to make my world really small. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's a time to throw stones and there's a time to gather them. Maybe you're in this room and you're young and you're energetic and, you're, and, you, and life is all in front of you. It is time for you to throw the stones out there and figure out where God wants you. 
but maybe you're on the other end of that spectrum and it's time for you to gather those stones as, as, as you've done your job, you've raised your kids, and now you're gathering your stones and you're making your world a little bit small, either because of, of the season of life you're in or because of some work that the Lord is doing in your life like I had to do when my son died. There is a time to be silent and a time to speak. And I think that all of us know that um, it's, it's really important to know the difference between those two. And when we talk about children, I think about Kevin. And I think about when he was in my home. Now, Kevin was 11 years younger than me. And he called me mom. So you can imagine the looks we got in the grocery stores because he was not my biological child, but he called me mom. And it was one of the, my, it's probably my favorite title that I've ever had in my life, besides one that I will share with you here in a few minutes. But all of my life, God has been faithful. All of my life, he has been so, so good. And I can stand here proclaiming him and him alone because I believe that with every fiber in my being. I believe that through every season of my life, for every Mother's Day that I sat hurting when I watched other people, that he is still so, so good. I wanted to share something with you that would be in my book, that there's a rumor that has it, that I'm writing a book that I've got this podcasting habit and um, it's, it's waylaid a little bit. But I've never shared what this part of my book that I'm going to share with you right now. And, I, and it just reminds me of the faithfulness of God. I was going to read it, so you're going to see me looking down, but I want to make sure that I do it justice. The color of the flower was always most important to her. My sister and I spent most of our time padlocked in a room because she didn't want to be around us. The door to the room, it was an old house built in the, in the late 1800s. The door to the room had a half window, and some of y'all may know those. They may even be common up here, and by the way, y'all is a word. Um, and some of you guys might know, know uh, those, those half window, half doors. But it was really our only connection to the outside world. Few things were consistent in our lives, but the morning of Mother's Day was always the same view for the window of that dark and dingy room. Why was, why was Mama walking around the house with a white flower attached to her robe? Finally, we heard the not-so-familiar unlocking of the door that padlock would slap against the door, and she stood there with a red flower in her hand, just like hers, except for it was red. I would find out later that the red carnation was meant for those who had moms that were living. A white carnation was for those who, were, who had moms who were not living. So I wore that red carnation with pride because she gave it to me, and I desperately wanted to be proud to have a loving mother who loved me more than life and who loved me more than herself. I wanted to be loved and protected by my mama. That simply wasn't my story, and it probably wasn't hers too. I will never look, guys, at a carnation without the mem that memory being top of mind. I found my identity in that red flower. That meant I had the title daughter. And even though at a young age, life had beaten me up, I embraced that title, daughter. Well, a bunch of things happened and I don't have time to share with you, but I was removed from her by the state of Florida when I was 14 years old and didn't get to see her again until I was 18, just in time for her to be incredibly ill and for my sister 
and this was right before I met Amy um, at the Camp Victory in Sansom, Alabama. My sister was 21 and I just 19, and we had to take her off of breathing machines when I was only 19 years old. If there's any of you who are adopted in this room, you're gonna understand what I'm getting ready to say because when she died, she took every bit of information about me that I didn't know, pictures. How did I get from here to here? Who taught me to walk? Who taught me this? Who taught me that? Who do I look like? What mannerisms that I have? She took all of that with her and therefore she took my identity with her. But I spent, guys, the rest of my life performing so that somebody, anybody, would red carnation level, love me, claim me as their own, and like Jacob, give me a new name. I walk through many things that I haven't mentioned here, but I know that some of you can relate to my pain and my hard times and my joy and my good times. Some of you are stuck on those labels though, and your inner critic, your mom guilt, or the wounds of a lost mom, a lost child, could threaten to render you into that fetal position. Those of you who would wear a white carnation today will never be able to articulate your loss. We see you. Losing a mom, even a bad one, is a special kind of pain. But here's the good news. Regardless of where you find yourself, God will continue to remain oh so faithful. He promised that you wouldn't endure anything that someone hasn't already in that passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. He's already been there. The Bible tells us in Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. People ask me all the time, Amy, how can you love Jesus after all that you've been through? How can you call him a good God? How can you do that? I can only tell you that he is my very best friend. He is the star of my story. Is he the star of yours? In a group this size, there are probably some of you who don't know him. If that's you, we would love to introduce you to the one who loves you more than you can ever imagine. At the end of the banquet tonight, there will be um, Jesse and Susie up here. I There's cards back there. You're able to reach me that way, but, uh, but just because of some semantics, I won't be up here, but I would love to introduce you to the star of the story because today I am standing here proclaiming Christ and Christ alone. There is no logical reason why I am even breathing air. I've only shared about a tenth of what the Lord has redeemed in my life. So if you want to know the star of the story, if you want to know how someone can stand in front of you proclaiming Christ and Christ alone when the world says, how can you believe in a good God that would do that to you? I don't have the answer to that question except for I'm not God. And he, has, he chose to put people in my life to introduce me to him. 
Secondly, I want you to remember the only label that matters. Probably one of the most quoted verses on my podcast is 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. If you are on what some may, some may perceive as that hard side of those Ecclesiastes passages, the time to tear down, the time to weep, the time to mourn, the time to die. If you're, if you're on that, that hard side of that passage, know that you are still a chosen people. You have been claimed by God so that you could walk out of the darkness and that glorious light. The Bible tells us that that light is so bright that darkness, not even the darkness of domestic violence, not darkness of a mom who abused me and abandoned me, not darkness of losing a son to overdose, not darkness to four autoimmune diseases, and we could go on and on of the things that the Lord has just continued to walk me through. That darkness cannot overcome the light of Jesus, who is the star of the story. Life isn't perfect for me. I do life very closely with your pastor and his wife. And frequently, we have emergency prayer sessions. I had a situation just a couple months ago, and normally I just call Amy. She knew she needed to pull in Pastor Chuck. I was sobbing. Very difficult season of my life right now because the person that God chose to put in my life as a maternal figure is in end-stage Alzheimer's. And so life isn't perfect for me. But that day, a couple years ago, right here at First Baptist Church of Allentown, God told me exactly who I am. Because my answer to Chuck's question, tell the people who you are, Amy, shocked even me. Because here's my answer to him. That day, and every day after, and it started this ministry that I have, and whatever it will come into, whether whatever microphones I'm behind, whatever keyboards I'm behind, whatever, however God decides to use me from this day forward, it is it started here at the First Baptist Church of Allentown. Because Pastor Chuck, my friend of over 25 years at that point, said to me, Amy, what is your name? And tell the people who you are. Normally I would say, my name is Amy, I'm from Florida. I don't understand why people live in Pennsylvania. It's cold up here, it was February that year. And um, we were even, we, that it was the coldest winter in the history of the world. And that night we wondered whether we were even going to have church when I spoke of which. But I have no idea where this came from except for the star of the story. He said, tell us who you are, tell us what your name is. These are the words that came out of my mouth. My name is Amy Watson. By the way, y'all, Watson is the name of the man that I married that I divorced. It's not even my name. My name is Amy Watson, and I am the precious daughter of the Most High God. Amen. I want to ask y'all, do you believe that? Do you believe that today, that you're the precious daughter of the Most High God? That is the best news I have for you today. No matter the label, no matter your status as an earthly daughter, wife, or mom, you, you guys, are the precious daughter of the Most High God. And so I wish you a happy Mother's Day. This day still stings a little bit. I wish you a happy Mother's Day. I want to extend a special thanks to the First Baptist Church of Allentown. To those of you who pray for me, to those of you who listen to my podcast, to those of you who read my blog, to those of you who are 
So kind to my friends, Pastor Chuck and Amy and their family, Becca, Morgan, Bree, uh, Will, can't forget Robbie, nobody can forget Robbie. Thank you for being good to them. I want to thank them because the truth of the matter is, is there's so many things that I couldn't do without them. They call me their family, but I'm officially taking the RL of that name because they are my people. And they are the reason why I can still do this, especially Amy. They are world changers. They're gap fillers. Hope you know what you got here. I really do. I think you do. I pray for the First Baptist Church of Allentown. I want this church to be a beacon, a light in the Lehigh Valley to those that don't know Jesus, who do not feel chosen, who are asking that question, how can you love a God who has done all of these things? Even if we just talk about the pandemic, we've all been through so much. The world doesn't understand how we can love a God who still allows suffering. And I'm not going to, I can't in a 20 minute presentation tell you why bad things happen, but Jesus loves you more than you can ever imagine. And so for those of you that are still chasing the labels today and tomorrow in church, and those of us who are hurting on Mother's Day because of the way life has decided to, wait, to, to, to really roll out for us, I want you to know that you are so loved. Those of you that are still chasing labels and meanings and senseless things like red carnations, if that's you today, I have a final message to you. And I'm going to proclaim it over everybody in the room, including the dudes in the room. And if you've ever heard me anywhere, you know that I don't believe a microphone without saying this. And I believe this with my whole heart, given everything that I've lost, everything that I've been through, everything that I still have to fight, and the fact that I will wake up tomorrow morning probably with tears, because this day never gets easier. Here's what I have for you, and I hope that you receive it today. You guys are seen. You are known, you are heard, you are loved, and you are valued. You are all those things by me, by your family, but most importantly, by the God of the universe. Happy Mother's Day, guys. Thank you. Well, guys, I am so happy to have been able to share the Mother's Day message that I shared at the First Baptist Church of Allentown with you. I hope that you all know that you are daughters of the King, regardless of your status as a wife, a mother, or a daughter. You are so seen, you are so known, you are so heard, and you are so loved. You are so valued.